0: eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential and then, through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own? Look to your left, look to your right. It's official. ebay motors has it and with ebay guaranteed fit it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time or your money back plus at these prices well you're burning rubber not cash keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply welcome to the jill on money podcast it is friday february 19th man do i love these short weeks just flies by. It's fantastic. You know what's great? We are going to have a fantastic guest. I'm going to tease it at the end of this episode, but this weekend, it's a very relevant guest. That's all I can say for all of us. If you've got a financial question, we'd love to hear from you. Our email address is askjill at jillonmoney.com. And if you're on our website, which is just plain old jillonmoney.com, we've got a contact button. Tell us what's going on. And if you would like to join us on the program, Mark can do the rest. It's very easy. Matt writes, hi, Jill. I've been a longtime reader of yours in the Chicago Tribune, and I'm a regular podcast listener. This is my second time writing in. Matt writes, I got an unexpectedly large bonus. Those are my favorite kinds, but... It put me into the highly compensated employee group at work. That's interesting. So some of you may have heard of this. It's, it's when, usually happens at smaller companies that when you have too many people who make too much money relative to everyone else, it limits the amount of money you can put into a retirement contribution. So Matt goes on and says, while the bonus is nice, it means my combination of traditional and Roth 401k is now capped at 12%. I had been doing 15% for the 401k and maxing my HSA and a Roth IRA. Do I have any tax advantage options left for this 3% or should I just be looking at exchange traded funds through a standard brokerage account? The intent is to use it for retirement savings. You're screwed. You just got to do that. Yep. Yeah, it's going to be a non-retirement, just a plain old brokerage account. You can do it anywhere. Make it cheap. It it could be exchange traded funds. But if you think you're going to be adding more money to it or smaller dollar amounts, um, you know, if you want to just use a mutual fund, that's fine too. Index funds, simple. Keep it simple. But um, yeah, it's kind of where you are. It's good and bad, I guess. Oh, well, yes. Uh, Mark is saying, wondering whether you have any um, nieces or nephews or children or, you know, 529 potential savings. That could be a, a very nice thing for you to do. Eh, he says retirement for himself, though. Mary writes, subject, inflation hedge. Hi, Jill and Mark. I'm thinking that with all the money that the Treasury has been printing, and as we near the end of COVID restrictions, there will be high inflation later this year. If that were to be true... What investment products would you suggest to hedge against inflation? Well, I don't think we're going to have high inflation. We could see inflation bump up a little bit, just a little bit. I don't think that we have evidence that we are going to see high inflation. Now, if you think that you want to prepare your portfolio for even higher inflation, a couple of things to think about. You can use treasury inflation protected securities or tips. You could also use, ready for this? stocks. Stocks actually do pretty well in inflationary environments. If you want to kind of go a little more radical, you could do precious metals or commodities. And some might even, and I think I'm starting to get into this idea of like throw Bitcoin into that. But I I think I disagree with your thesis, but if you're looking about to protect or shield against inflation, you want to make sure you have the right assets Your your bond position shouldn't be long dated and you should be a little bit careful not to try to outsmart yourself on this one, okay? Really, it's not gonna be worth it. This is from Robert who wants to know, should I fund my Roth IRA first? Okay, hi Jill, I recently found your podcast after reading your book last year and I'm working my way through the backlogs of episodes. What a fabulous combination, I like it. Robert says, I'm looking for advice for my retirement account. My employer contributes 10% into my 401k. It's not on a matching basis, just one annual contribution, regardless of what he does. After a promotion last year, I finally started contributing to my 401k. And this is great. He's now up to 10% contribution. His goal is to increase it to 15% over the next year. After listening to your podcast, I'm wondering if I should be maxing out a Roth IRA first each year before I contribute to my 401k. Hmm. I'm making about $60,000, filling up my emergency fund to 12 months of expenses based on your recommendation. I'm not married, but I have a long-term partner that I live with. P.S., Thank you for the advice I've heard you give several times about not rushing to pay off a mortgage when the rate is low. I'm a renter, but I've been paying off my car payment way faster than necessary for the 1.9% loan I got last year. After hearing your advice, I decided the mere $400 I would save over five years by paying down the loan faster would be better invested um, in liquidity. So I started paying the minimum on the car payment and putting the rest in my emergency fund. Oh, Mark, what do you think about that? I think it is the right move. I mean, there's a slight case to be had for you're getting zero on your investments as opposed to 1.9. But I like liquidity and I think that's great. In terms of your retirement account, I think I would just because of your income level, I think I would fund your Roth IRA first and then, you know, continue putting money in the 401k. So hopefully, ideally you basically do your employers putting 10% into your 401k. You do your own Roth IRA of 6,000, and then any extra money that you can put in, maybe it's not going to be your 10% contribution, maybe you'll start at 5%, keep building up the 401k yourself, okay? Mark points out that um, if you have a Roth 401k option, you should use that. I presumed that you didn't because otherwise you would be using that. But obviously, Robert, if you could have a Roth option in the 401k, definitely use that. All right. Nicole writes, I've enjoyed your segments on the CBS This Morning show, and I also listen to your podcast. Since you encourage listeners to write in with questions, I'm doing that. And here is my question. It's about Federal parent loans. I took out a federal parent loan to finance the tuition difference my son wasn't allowed to sign for with his federal student loan himself. Okay, that's good. Since he plans to go into a public service profession and we didn't have the adequate cash flow to cover most of the remainder of his in state school costs after scholarships and grants, federal student and parent loans made the best sense for our situation. After earning his undergraduate degree in December 2019, loans were in a six-month grace period when they went into forbearance in March 2020. Okay. Now, my son is now in graduate school. His student loans will be deferred until he completes his master's degree. The parent loans will enter repayment in October if there is no further action from the federal government. I was going to consolidate the three parent loans into one last year but the federal program was going to put me into a 6.5% loan. The median interest rate of the three loans, that seemed high given the low interest rates elsewhere. There's uncapitalized interest of about $7,000 from when the loans went into forbearance and any payments I would make would only go to that and not touch the principal. So it didn't make sense to make interest-only payments. My question, should I consolidate the loans into an income-based repayment plan now, Which would capitalize the interest immediately, or does it make better sense to save the amount of those payments into a savings account until the loans come out of forbearance and then consolidate them into a private loan with a hopefully lower interest rate at the end of the forbearance term? Thank you, Nicole. There's a lot of ifs on this, boy. There's so many variables. You know the federal loans are higher interest rate because they are not; they basically are not doing underwriting. What would be the downside right now of consolidating these loans? I mean, first of all, I would wait until so definitely I would wait until the fall. I think we're going to know a lot more about what's happening with with student loans. I don't think I would do anything right now. So. No, I don't think I would do an income based repayment plan now, but I would. I'll tell you what I would do. I would start checking out private loan programs and seeing what the interest rate is. The only way that I would essentially pull the trigger on this is that if I could get, if I go to Common Bond and I could find out that I have a much lower interest rate and you could afford to start paying this right now, then maybe I might do it. So I would poke around and find out. And otherwise, since you are going to eventually consolidate into a private loan, I guess I I would want to know a little bit more about your personal situation and how how it is impacted by the loan that you're carrying and what else is going on. Okay, Ron writes, I've made it to almost 63. Okay, and uh, Ron's got a Northwestern life insurance policy, 350,000. He says, I'm keeping, which I'm keeping. I have a $100,000 life insurance policy from a companion. It was started for $50,000 in 1985. In 2012, it was bumped up to $100,000. Payment is $55 a month. The policy has a loan on it for no, $10,000. Please, people, put in some commas for me. I can't read these. From about 2014, I haven't been paying the year's interest on the loans. They just sent a letter saying I need to start paying the year's interest or the policy will lapse the crash surrender value is only $611. Question, should I just dump it and start putting the $55 in my Roth? My plan is to have a bunch of insurance cash to divide by between my two sons who are in their early 30s when I ride off into the sunset. <laughs> yeah, I would dump this. I don't see why you would keep it. I don't think that this policy has structured the right way. I mean, if you have 350 grand, I don't know what else you have in in your savings and investments, but I really might get rid of this policy and move on and keep the one you have, okay? Happy Friday. TGIF, ladies and gentlemen. If you've got a financial question, don't forget to send us an email. Ask Jill at jillonmoney.com. Ask Jill at jillonmoney.com. Don't forget to wash your hands, wear your masks, maintain your physical distancing, put your hands metaphorically on someone's back. Thanks for listening and by the way, guess what we're doing tomorrow? We are diving into Bitcoin. Yeah, baby, 50,000. Bitcoin trades above 50,000 and boom, we've got your podcast ready for you. So, two episodes about Bitcoin pretty great, huh? Good timing, huh? It's all about Mark. Just thank Mark for that. Okay. Thanks for listening. It's all about crypto this weekend with Jill on money. We'll talk to you then.